listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Along with Joel and Giselle and Kyrie and, of course, Gordon Damer. We're here till midnight. That's when Freddie and Fitzsimmons take over the airways of 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Gordon. Larry, how you feeling, my man? I'm doing great. How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. I got a little bit of bulls uh, to watch, and uh, I was fascinated by it, but it didn't make me feel good. <laughs> well, uh, here's what made me feel good. He he picked on some other people, too. <laughs> you know, when you're a Knicks fan, it's like, God, he always picks on the Knicks. He always picks on the Knicks. He always picks on the Knicks. Well, he picked on some other people, too, so that made me feel a little, a little, a little bit better. A little it bit was about better. 90 seconds in, and I had to see uh, Michael Jordan as a rookie walking into Madison Square Garden. I don't remember what the schedule I don't think that that was his first game, but I saw him walking right into Madison Square Garden right off the bat. And it didn't take long to see, uh, you know, some of the battles between the Knicks and the Bulls as well. So, uh, look, it, it, the, the documentary, which we were all kind of looking forward to, we were all kind of requesting and we got a request to fulfill to, to see it moved up and to get it as soon as possible. The first two episodes in, uh, I think you'd have to say two big thumbs up so far. Oh yeah. You, you were, you were involved. You were intrigued. And Gordon, this was. Um, this was a different Michael Jordan than we've seen. This was a Michael Jordan who opened up. This was a Michael Jordan who took you behind the scenes. This was a Michael Jordan who was very comfortable with somebody other than Ahmad Rashad, right? This was, yeah. a, this was a Michael Jordan who sat down, had a cigar, a little drink in his glass, and he was telling you about how he felt very honest about the situation with Scottie Pippen in the last year. Uh, very honest in, in a lot of things that he spoke about. And Gordon, this has been a guy who, while he was readily available to the media during his playing career, and I'm sure he spoke to a number of beat writers off the record and gave them access. Gordon, this is like no access we've had to Michael Jordan. And it makes you wonder, uh, why now, you know, even though he's not had success as an owner, even though he's not as been as successful, which is tough because you're measured against yourself, right? You're measured against what you were able to do as a player that has not transcended to ownership. But it's just curious to hear him, even Gordon, before this came out, being concerned about how people would look at him after watching what he felt he had to do to continue to make this team great. Yeah, I mean, look, you kind of like what first whet your appetite to the documentary when we first was it around Christmas or around New Year's when we first kind of got to see some of the the snippets and the the preview of this documentary was the access right you see everybody mm-hmm. sitting down in the chair basically everybody that you'd want to hear from people that you would think that would not really want to talk like a Pat Riley uh, 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 President Obama was you know he was already in the mix uh, right off the bat so you knew that you were going to have this unbelievable access I don't know why now per se. But I knew that I'd get the good access. What I didn't necessarily know that I would get for sure was a brand of storytelling that would not make it seem like, yeah, I already know this, right? Like mm-hmm, we all, mm-hmm. we've all lived this, right? But yep. they did it in a way that kept it fresh. And I think it was, you know, the interviews in, in the now that kind of kept it there because it's a story that we all know, we all live through. But the first episode, 
kind of laid it all out. I think for the person who maybe is not the diehard sports fan, to me, mm-hmm. the, the better episode was that second episode because it really got into the nuts and bolts uh, of the Bulls dynasty and Scottie Pippen and his contract and Michael's relationship with him and all the different things that went on. Well, also what's fascinating for me, Gordon, was, and this is more technical, I guess, it's how it was edited. You know, where you start in the beginning and it mm-hmm. takes you to him being in France and then yep. you look at him with his kids and then now we flash back to him, you know, and, and all the, the, you know, the North Carolina and how he goes from Mike Jordan to Michael Jordan and then you come back. So, you know, editing, Gordon, is very, it's very essential in how you tell your story. Right. And how you take people from, you know, take them here. And, and then they did it seamlessly. Sometimes it can be done awkwardly. Yes. And sometimes it could be done seamlessly. And I think the, the producers and editors did a fabulous job here. Yeah. And the, and the trip to Paris, like, you know, even as someone who was all fully invested in Knicks, Bulls and the playoffs mm-hmm. and the titles, I didn't remember that the Bulls had some, you know, maybe I, I, I knew it at the time. But it wasn't something that I, uh, I've i held on to and remembered, oh, yeah, that was the year that they went to Paris and Michael was – I mean, that was one of the things that you got to see. And I guess you kind of know it And in anybody who's of that level of fame. It must just be exhausting mm-hmm. being Michael Jordan at that level of fame, maybe still now. But certainly yeah. at that level, when the game is over, the guy's basically ripping off his armband and wants his arm. <laughs> he had the, the the French cameraman asking for him to sign an autograph yeah, right then. Yeah. And there. I mean, it, it must just be exhausting at that level of fame, the amount of things that you have to keep up, uh, you know, put up with uh, to 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 get through your day. The other thing that jumped out at me, Gordon, was the lack of money that players made. And it's, we're not talking 30, 40 years ago, are we? We're talking, <laughs> we're talking, uh, just about 20 some years ago. And, and Gordon, when you look at, uh, what Scottie Pippen made, you look at what Michael Jordan made prior to the last two years when he, when he was, I guess, backloaded into the 30 and 33 million dollars a season that he got. And, and you understand the, Dynamics financially, you understand what that did to players like Tony Kukoc, who was brought in, who Gordon, when he was brought in, was making twice as much money as Scottie Pippen and made a million or two, a million, a million and a half more than Michael Jordan, even though he was drafted and stashed overseas and then brought over at a certain time. So, but when you look at that standpoint and you look at what, how much power players have, especially in the NBA today, whereas a free agent like a LeBron James will sign a three-year contract, a four-year contract, and bet on himself. Where Scottie Pippen signs a seven-year contract, Gordon, he's, he's you know he's in for he's in for the security. Seven years, eighteen million for a talent like Scottie Pippen. You're just shaking your head. Yeah, I mean, I felt like, uh, and, and look, it's the. I think that the 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 documentary is told from the mostly the. It's not a documentary necessarily about the Bulls championship run. I think it's mm-hmm. told from the perspective of Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan clearly felt like Jerry Krause was kind of an enemy to the dynasty, even though he did, he did give him credit, I believe, in the documentary for making moves and doing things. But he clearly was very resentful 
of Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause was made out to be almost like the villain in the story. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the one part that the fallout today about the Scottie Pippen contract, people were telling Scottie Pippen at the time it was a bad contract. And I remember that at the time that when he signed that contract, it was kind of known at the time. Why would he ever sign that contract? But I think looking back today, apparently his family needed money. He wanted the security. Jerry Reinsdorf told him at the time, this is a bad contract. You shouldn't sign this contract. But he he needed he felt like he needed the money, and it was only later on that he realized that he really kind of squandered uh, some real prime earning years that he could have you know capitalized on. But uh, it felt like a lot of people were like, "Oh, the the Bulls really screwed Scottie Pippen." No, Scottie Pippen was in. I mean, he was a grown man, mm-hmm. and so he should have known. Or, or and his advisors were telling him it was a bad deal too. But he felt like you know for whatever reason I don't know what the issues were with his family that he needed the money right then and there. So. Mike Greenberg and Jay Williams were on Get Up this morning, and they shared their thoughts on Jerry Krause. I knew Krause very well 25 years ago. And what I will say is, A, it is a travesty that he didn't get into the Hall of Fame while he was still alive. He was inducted posthumously. That is a disgrace to him and is a shame for his family because he absolutely deserved it. Much of the negativity, however, that was aimed at him, he definitively brought on himself. And, And there just isn't any debating that. And it's interesting for me to hear you say, because this is not a conversation I had the chance to have with him that he recognized that after the fact because he did not strike me as someone who would have understood that he was so standoffish he was so stubborn that he felt like a guy who was going to stand his ground so you're telling me that years later he talked about having made mistakes in those relationships yeah Greedy, he just talked about how he could have done things better and that he had learned from his time being with jordan and pippen and phil jackson and managing not only their egos but more importantly his own ego so yeah, and, and those teams, man, back then, look, I, I had a deal with Corvette. I remember coming up and parking in the same spot Michael Jordan parked in and just having that feeling of how special that team was. And, look, I heard you guys originally talking about, you know, LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan. I will say this, like, to each their own. Michael Jordan lifted you, but it was almost like in battle. And if you weren't willing to pull yourself out of the trenches, Michael Jordan would take his foot, step it on your helmet, and reach his hand to the next person that wanted to fight their way out. So it was either get on my standard of excellence and start trying to achieve what I want to achieve, or if you, if you don't, I don't got time for you. And that paid dividends. That's how they won six championships. You know, Gordon, it, it, it's fascinating because it speaks to, and we'll get to Jerry Krause in a minute, but it speaks to what makes a leader and how and how there's different ways for you to lead, right? There's the There's the guy that leads by example. There's the guy that leads by, you know, verbal. There's the guy that that's and we saw it in, in the first episode where he's like berating guys and swearing at guys. You know, you know, Harp, you got to do this. Kuko, you got to do that. You know, so it, it it's fascinating that we one of the things that when we start getting into comparisons of great players and we talk about how great leaders they are. And Jordan was a leader that, listen, it, it, the Jordan rules are well known, Gordon, about how he, he was a hard teammate to get along with. But once you earned his trust, once you earned that you could, once you showed him that you can be that guy and come up in the clutch, there was no better teammate for you. But you had a lot to prove, Gordon, before you could make that situation work out. 
Yeah, I mean, he he was not someone that had different leadership styles per, you know what I mean? Like, he had yep. one way of leading, and if that didn't work for you, too bad, because he was Michael Jordan. So uh, I think we've kind of seen that already. You know, that's one of the, the angles that you kind of knew already, right, from the, mm-hmm. the, the, the Jordan rules and all the different stories that you've heard. And that's kind of what I want, right? I want the, you know, if I'm going to get the access of the interviews, I, I want the real deal, right? I don't want it sugar-coated. I, you know, when you had the two options of watching last night of the uh, the the censored version or the uncensored version, mm-hmm. I want the uncensored version. I that's want right. the, 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 the hardcore facts, and uh, that's what I, I think that's what everybody got, and I think that's why it was uh, so positively received. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Getting your thoughts on The Last Dance. We saw episodes one and two last night on ESPN and ESPN2. And I'm sure it'll be, if you missed it, I'm sure there'll be a couple of times that you'll be able to receive, to, to catch it again. But Gordon, for me, the, as I mentioned before we, we stepped away, uh, the adjustments he made to his game and, and understanding of the competitive nature and realizing that everybody's coming for you and for you to be the best especially coming back and wearing 45 for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you, I, you know, I actually wish they would have given me, you know, we got that little snippet from uh, Roy Williams, uh, you know, from when he was at North Carolina. Mm-hmm. About um, hard work. About, you know, you were going to have to work harder and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it, and, and they kind of touched on it. it came from his parents. I, I felt like that's such a big part of the aura around Michael Jordan, This this psycho kind of, will to win, this determination to be the hardest working person. And we've heard stories about, I wish I would have uh, maybe delved a little bit more into that with Jordan himself, Mm -hmm. uh, because I do feel like that was, that was the one part of it that of the first two episodes that I felt like, you know, I could have, I could have used a little bit more on that. Maybe there will be in the other, in the other episodes, but it kind of feels like we've kind of got the setup now and now it's going to be really, you know, the 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 times in Chicago and the years in Chicago and the, and the championship years at that. I'm very curious, Gordon, to see how they're going to handle with the flashbacks and everything the way they did, like in the first two episodes. How they deal with his decision to leave to play baseball, yeah, and then to come back and and once again the hard work, the preparation, mentally and physically, to come back to try to re to try to be Michael Jordan and is. Is that was he sure he could be Michael Jordan? Is that why he came back as forty five and not twenty three? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I feel like that he had to have felt like he could still be Michael Jordan, right? Like mm-hmm. even if even if it weren't true, even if there were evidence that he would not be able to do that, an athlete you have to have a supreme self confidence in an athlete at Michael's level, which not many people have ever reached that level in <laughs> yeah. any sport. You'd have to think that he was supremely confident that, yeah, it doesn't really matter. You know, the, the details don't matter. I'll, I'll, I can make it work. Artie's in Long Island. Hey, Artie, you're next on 9870 ESPN. How you doing, fellas? Um, first of all, I like to give a whole round of applause to ESPN for what we saw last night. And uh, secondly, I definitely am not mad that they gave the part, the second episode, because when the first one was going off, I definitely was, you know, I was, I was comfortable. 
And when I saw episode two start, it's almost like I got goosebumps. Like, are they giving me more? Like, are you kidding me? But, um, but um, yeah, I had a good time. I had snacks, everything. Um, my main, my main thing, my main comment is about Kobe. But mm-hmm. as far as what you said about Belichick and Jerry Krause, the kind of comparison, they it, it really highlights how Belichick actually likes to max likes to catch guys while they're in their prime before they get maximized because he knows that's not good for the organization, which is what Jerry Krause kept referring back to. And that is what Pippen was a victim of, of that kind of system. These old school guys kind of, you know, try to maximize the talent without maximizing the pay on these guys, you know, but that, that was unfortunate for Pippen. I didn't know he was going through that actually when all that was happening, but, um, as far as Kobe, <laughs> I saw Jordan do stuff last night that I never saw him do. And I'm 40 years old. I'm already from Long Island, stick side, everything. But I'll tell you right now, Jordan did stuff last night that I never saw before. And you can't compare Kobe to him anymore. I don't want to hear the comparisons 2.0 or nothing. I don't want to hear it because guess what? Jordan... Larry Bird said it best. He said that was God disguises Jordan, you know, in the, the, you know, being funny. But at the end of the day, he scored 49, then he scored 63 in his second year of playoffs games. Like, are you kidding me right now? You can't tell me Kobe's anything. That brought him down actually a level under LeBron. By, by watching Jordan and everything people talk about Kobe to Jordan, it brought him under LeBron because LeBron, he loved Jordan as well, but he never turned into Jordan. So even though Kobe has five rings, it still is you trying to emulate Jordan, but LeBron did it his own way, still has three chips and could possibly get more. I just don't look at him like he's on LeBron's level just from watching, from watching Jordan last night. I put Kobe underneath LeBron right now. Because Jordan was I, I don't a think monster. most people would disagree with you. I'm believing it at that. Yeah, right, I don't Audie, think most people would disagree with you. There is a there is there are similarities to their game, uh, Gordon, and, and you know you talk about the the competition, you talk about the willingness yeah. to take the mm-hmm. last shot. So there are similarities, oh, absolutely. But, but no, there 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 is a there is a pecking order. Right. There's an original <laughs> and there's a copy, and it's exactly. never confused yeah. which one is which. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's true, and and that's the bottom line. That's the way it goes. But uh, and you know, the other thing I'm curious about, and I want folks to call in too at one eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Aside from just looking at the at the first two episodes, for those of you who did not get a chance to see, like Artie, Gordon, who did not get a chance to see early Michael. Okay, maybe you saw Michael after the double nickel at the Garden, <laughs> and right. and and from then on, but early Michael from the first three championships and you start to see some highlights of what he was able to do. Did that change your view of how great he was? Did you, did you look and say, okay, people say that he's great. Okay. Yeah. We know he's great. Right, right, right. But now you look, you say, you know what? He, he's, he's, he's a little bit. And I thought he might've been like, like, or, or he is worthy of what they say about how great he was Gordon, because you know, sometimes even though we lived it, you you forget certain things. 
uh, about what he did. The, the, and the, the <laughs> freak of nature aspect of his early career, right? Rookie yes. of the year and, and those first few years and the, the playoff games. And ball. I mean, you kind of know those things. But just the way he was able to move, the, the physicality he was able, you know, the athleticism that he had. Now, he had that later on, but not mm-hmm. to that level. No. And when you hear guys like Bird and Magic, you know, talking about him, like, no, he's the best. Like, these are guys that are top 10 all time, and they're clearly saying he's the best. Yeah, there's no doubt. And, Gordon, I would think, too, that uh, if you're Jerry Krause, and he was a student of the game, you take you don't take that away from him. But he had to look at what was going on with the Celtics, right, and how they got old, uh, how Bird and Parrish and McHale got old. And you're starting to watch them, and you're starting to see how they're – you know, their play deteriorated as they aged because they stayed alive. I mean, Gordon, you, you remember Larry Bird like laying on his stomach because his back was so bad sure, that he could, he could hardly play anymore. Uh, he was just trying to hold on. So it, 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 you wonder if that had an influence on him saying, you know what? I can't, I can't have the Bulls fall into that scenario like, like uh, the Celtics did. And it would take the Celtics a while to rebuild. I mean, you know, they didn't, they didn't be good again until Doc Rivers shows up with, with the big three. Yeah, it took a long time. Look, I mean, you can say what you want about the idea and the plan of, hey, let's rebuild quicker rather than later because we we don't want to fall into this, you know, lottery cap, uh, lottery, uh, you know, situation year in, year out. But that's what the Bulls did. Yep. I think they won 65 games in the in the that last championship year. Maybe it was 63, somewhere around there, 60s. And I don't think they won 60 games over the next three years combined. So and it was it was a good five six years before they were ever able to kind of turn the corner at all. So you know the idea of it, it's it's all well and good, right? And I think it's a little different in football for Belichick because it's such more of a team sport as right. as opposed to a star sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a lot. I mean, we said this last week. A lot of similarities to the situation with the Patriots and the situation with the Bulls. Krause's personality, Belichick's personality, Brady, Jordan. So uh, I can understand the reason. Well, we, you know, we want to be. We don't want to fall all the way down. But the, in the end of the day, the Bulls did fall all the way down. <laughs> yeah, they did anyway. You are listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. The NFL draft is this week. Yeah, and 98.7 is celebrating the return of football with the draft challenge. By correctly predicting the results of the first 11 picks, you can win four tickets to the Jets' home opener plus the jersey of the Jets' first pick. To enter, text the draft to 44202, followed by your picks listed 1 through 11. We'll assign a point for every correct pick and two points for a correct Jets and Giants pick. If you think there will be a trade, just use the word trade for that pick. It's all from your home for the NFL draft. 98.7 ESPN. Larry Harsty and Gordon Damer taking your phone calls, talking about the last dance. Back to the phones. Richardson, Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on 98.7. Hi, Larry. Hi, Gordon. Uh, Richard. Good. Uh, Michael Jordan. Let me just tell you, it has nothing to do with sports that I'm going to talk about right now. Michael Jordan was the last American icon that he was untouchable. You know, my father used to tell me in the old days, the movie stars, the politicians, the sports and the sports guys, Marciano and the entertainers, Clark Gable 
and the politicians, John Kennedy, they were untouchable. In other words, there was no scandal with these guys. They were doing stuff. They were doing stuff that's been going on for years and years that they're doing now. Michael Jordan, you never heard any scandal about. And just think of it. When Michael Jordan was playing Bill Clinton, and look what he was going through. They couldn't even hide what the president of the United States was doing. But Michael Jordan, they could never touch him. And I think he's going to be going, he'll be known as the last American icon. He was untouchable. There was no scandal, no scandal with Michael Jordan. He was like perfect. He was like God. Nobody well, he had the gambling stuff, though, Richard. Yeah, it was minor, though. Minor. He was doing but it with his no, father. I mean, it was known about. He was, yeah, but he was doing it with his father. That was entertainment. He certainly had the money. So, you know, that was my, my thing about Michael Richard, Jordan. Richard, no Derek Jeter? No, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did forget Derek Jeter. Okay, I missed <laughs> But, okay. Well, one more thing. Uh, Larry, sure. uh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, with the NFL draft is uh, coming up, yes. it reminds me, the biggest TV program that came out that had nothing to do, uh, you know, that wasn't a sporting event, but had everything to do with sports, the biggest. Mm-hmm. Larry, 1966, it was Saturday mornings, and it was called This Week in Pro Football. Mm. I think more than anything, more than Pete Rozelle, more than anything, that grew the brand of football. You remember that show, Larry? Is that John Fischer and Pat Summerall? No, no, no. This is way before with John Fischer and uh, Steve Sobel. Okay. that, this is when John, uh, Steve, uh, it was John Facenda with the music, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And yes. there was, it was, there was no commentator. They okay. just had the uh, marching music. Mm-hmm. And you, it was AFL and NFL, and they'd show slow motion replays and the marching music, the uh, military marching music. Mm. Oh, man, you got up Saturday morning. I'll never forget that. And then it grew into, you know, Len Dawson and all of that with, P, mm-hmm. uh, with Pat Summerall and all of those guys yeah. doing the show. But that was the show that, to me, put pro football on the map where every day you had, I mean, every Saturday morning you had to get up and watch that. Then they did it at night, and it grew into, mm-hmm. you know, the instant replay and all of that. That was, And that just reminds me when I was, you know, when I'm thinking about the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. How, uh, and, you know, people talk about Roselle growing the game. I don't know. To me, when they were able to put all the films and the voice, Steve Sobel and uh, John Facenda. Yeah, his voice oh, was tremendous. God, it, that was incredible. Oh, I'm get, getting up for that on Saturdays. Okay, fellas, always a pleasure. Thank all you. Right, Richard. Thanks all for right. checking in. Yeah, no, that, I didn't remember that at all. I'm more of the Gordon, the Tom Brookshire, Pat Summerall version. That was, I I guess mid seventies. Okay, uh, and they would re- they re- they would come on Saturday and they would review the previous week and kind of give you a thumbnail description of the of the highlight of the marquee games that were coming up on Sunday. Remember, there was no Monday night and Thursday night football back then. It was just there was no Sunday was ticket, Sunday. huh? There was no, no, no direct no TV that you could just have nah. every game beam to your house. Nah, if the Jets were bad, you didn't see them. Which was okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we if should go back to that. Bad, maybe this is not progress, Larry. If the Giants were bad, you didn't see him. Listen, right. the league wasn't buying tickets out at that time. At this rate, <laughs> if that was still the thing, we'd be saying to ourselves, do the Giants and Jets, still, are they still a business? <laughs> You're right, especially the past couple of years. Oh, my God. You're right about that. Erickson, Staten Island. Hey, Eric, you're next on 9870 SPN. Hey, Larry. Hey, Gordon. How you guys doing tonight? Hey. Uh, watched the... Documentary last night, and it's, uh, it was excellent. Um, but unfortunately, I hate to see that today a lot of people want to bring LeBron James down after watching what we saw last night. Um, 
I've seen Michael Jordan play in his prime. I've seen LeBron James play in his prime. Listen, Michael Jordan, at the current time, he's the greatest of all time. But to think that LeBron could never pass him, I don't think. I don't. I think. I don't. I think you have to open up your mind a little bit. Um, I think you can make the argument, and maybe you'll think I'm crazy. I think you can make the argument that LeBron James does more for our basketball team than Michael Jordan does. Um, I didn't see Michael Jordan get drafted into this league and take, you know, a bottom feeder, the worst team like the Cavs were, and turn him into a perennial 50-win team and go into the finals. And he did that twice. Um, Michael Jordan by himself, I don't know what he did versus the Celtics. Uh, he scored a lot of, you know, he scored the 49 points and he scored the 60s. But did he take that team to the finals? No, he didn't. LeBron took that, that the first time LeBron went to the finals. Look at the team that he had, that, that he brought to the finals. Oh, no, it's terrible. I mean, it's ter- I mean, no, look, I mean in look, terms of the, the the rest of the roster, it's terrible, absolutely. And look, hey, I, you, I, you know, you know, I would agree with you team? if I were giving it you was a me, scouting it was me, report. You and Gordon, we came off the bench for that team, right? I mean, if you were giving a scouting report and you were just scouting either player, LeBron's bigger, he's he's more mm-hmm. physical, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a lot of a, a lot of uh, a lot of things that that Jordan didn't have. But if I have the first pick in the draft, I'm still taking Jordan. I, I, I did not. That. There was never a point during the documentary last night that I ever thought about LeBron James. No, me neither. No, 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 not last night. But I'm talking about you know Monday morning quarterback. The next day, it's like we have to bring down LeBron. Like I don't but understand. You know, why, I, I did not get that player. sense that anybody did that. Today. I, I didn't get I that I haven't sense listened either. To the other shows today, yeah. but I did not get that sense today. I didn't get that oh, sense either. Networks, Eric, you know, but I will say, I love to knock LeBron. But my well, they're going to knock him anyway. I've never. I, I've never, yeah, you know, I've, I've never seen a player that does everything LeBron does. I was watching the old games when, uh, when they were playing the Warriors. Do you know who was covering Steph, Steph Curry in the fourth quarter? LeBron James. Do you understand that? This is a 270-pound freight train covering a guy probably 100 pounds. Uh, he's, got, he's 100 pounds more than him. Stephen Curry, maybe the best shooter of all time, with great handle. And look who's guarding him. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, it, it's a. I mean, but by the time LeBron James retires, he's probably going to be number one in scoring. I mean, I've just never seen. I, I've never seen a player do what he does on both ends of the floor. Look, LeBron's a great all-time great. I mean, I don't think anybody's arguing that. Beyond that, he's Michael. He's, he's Michael Jordan. He's so. Are you Bruce. saying he's better he's than Michael Gretzky. Jordan? He's not better than, him, but he's on his okay. level. He absolutely is on his level. Listen, I'm not thinking MJ is number one, but he's on okay. his level. We're watching greatness, and people need, you know, when he's gone, maybe people, I mean, people know already, but when he's gone, they're truly going to understand, we're watching Babe Ruth, we're watching Wayne Gretzky, we're watching Mm. Tiger Woods. I I think that everybody thinks that that Babe Ruth and Wayne Gretzky is Michael Jordan. And unfortunately for LeBron, he came after. Maybe if he came first, we'd look at him that way, but unfortunately, I don't don't think that anybody, well, look, I, I shouldn't say anybody, I don't think that anybody should think that LeBron is not an all-time great Absolutely. top two, top three player? Absolutely. but He's, he's more just, than that, though. He's more than that, guys. He's more well, than how, that. How can he be more than that if he's he not the best? He's the top of the top. He's the top <laughs> right. All right, top. look, if he's at number he's two, he's number great. two. It's, it's, it's not even – yeah, for me right now, he's – I mean, it's, it's tough. Right, that's fair. Guys, it, it, but yeah, right now he's number two, but I, I, like I said, I think you can make the argument he does more for a basketball team than Michael Jordan. I mean, I, I – I, Eric, if you're saying, Eric, Eric, if you're saying, thanks for the phone call. If you're saying he is a better passer than Michael Jordan, I will give you that. He is a better passer. He sees the floor better. He is actually, Gordon, really closer to what Magic Johnson is. Yes. Than if he I is to a, Michael a, Jordan. A style of play. Yes. yes. 
He is closer. He's a better shooter than Magic. There's things that he does better, okay, than everybody else. All right, there's there's elements to his game that are better. He is closer to Magic Johnson than he is to Michael Jordan or 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 Kobe Bryant. But I think what happens with him in the conversation is that you want to talk about championships, Gordon, and 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 really it depends on what your criteria is for a great player. And so when people talk about championships, you know, listen, there's Bill Russell. Okay, with his eleven championships and 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 in college and the Olympics. Okay, so you put him to the side, and people will say to you, "Well, you know what? But look at the competition he faced right, back then. It's not the same competition." Good, that's not his fault, clearly. No, but no. you know you understand that, so you put, put that on the corner. Exactly. So you put that in one corner. Then you could, I could argue to say, "Well, listen, I, you look at the NBA Eastern Conference when Jordan was playing, and the NBA Eastern Conference when." When LeBron was playing, there's no there's no there's not there's no, no comparison. No, no comparison. There's no comparison. But that still doesn't take away from what LeBron James is able to do as an individual player. So the that's what makes the discussion so good and so meaty is because everybody has a different criteria for what they consider a great player. And so no, the, the, nobody is saying that LeBron James is not a great player. This guy went to eight straight. Go ahead, this guy went to eight nine straight finals. Right. I mean, I mean that, it's, the it's conversation has to be that you have to pick a side. And, and look, I never, and I don't know, again, as I said, I didn't really get to listen to a lot of shows today. Maybe this was a, a major thing that people were bringing up. I did not mm-hmm. one time when yeah. I was watching that thing last night think about the conversation about LeBron versus Michael Jordan. I just it didn't go across. I was, you know, I was, I was focused on Jordan and his greatness. I was focused on Jordan and that and, and that drink and what he was going to save as the drink went down. That's, yeah. that's what I wanted to find out. What else is he going to tell me? He's going to tell me some good stuff. You know, listen, maybe he's got more stories about when he when he was a rookie, yeah. Jordan, and walked in the hotel room. <laughs> right, right. And, and everything he saw that was going on, and he never hung up with his teammates again. Yeah. That's what I want to hear about. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, and that, and that, look, I don't want a, a, you know, a complete focus on that, but that is what you want. You know what I mean? That's you want the behind for. the scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so, so unfortunately, LeBron or Kobe wasn't in my mind at the time. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. A-Rod and J-Lo have reached out to J. Morgan Chase as they try to line up partners to try to buy the Mets. Doesn't baseball have enough problems right now? Do we, do we? I mean, you know, like, don't we have bigger things to focus on right now than than a Rod possibly buying the Mets? As if that clearly you're not a Mets fan. Well, look, I mean, I understand that you know you'd be going from one circus to another circus, wouldn't you? Yeah, but give me a circus that gives me a circus that spends money. Yeah, <laughs> give me a circus that that that's got a little looser rein on the checkbook. I get that Jeter range. is an owner now, so it's, it seems more possible. I, I, I just find that hard to believe that baseball would be in favor of that. Well, we'll see. Uh, I think it's about money, and and who the rest of the owners would be, who who the rest of the partners would be. I think right. that's going to be the key thing. We'll, we'll you know that's going to be part of it. And what is you know what is a Rod and J Lo's role going to be? See that that's going to be the interesting thing here. You know. How how much say will they have, and how Maybe much say will they have as far as the new GMs pitching strategist? Yeah, but you never know. Hopefully they'll, they'll hopefully they'll be in better shape, and they won't get in, they won't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. 
couple of notes on Twitter, Gordon, before we get back to the phones on our chat about the last dance. Um, J NYC Johnny Blaze says there's no question about MJ. He is the goat. J Blaze NYC. There's NYC Johnny Blaze and there's there's J Blaze NYC. And he says the new generation will finally be able to put a game context to the sneakers they spend all their parents' money on. Yeah. <laughs> By watching Michael Jordan. And he added, now people twenty five and under will start to understand how MJ, who hasn't paid played in seventeen years, still has the most popular sneaker on the planet and they spend an arm and a leg to buy to buy it. So a lot of lot of thoughts about Michael Jordan and uh the last dance. Let's go back to the phones. Mike is in Queens. Hey Mike, you're next on ninety eight seven. Good evening, Larry. Gordon, how are you? What's up, Mike? What's up, Mike? So the documentary, uh, you know, for Jerry Krause, Larry, I, I've been calling you since the years to rebuild. You know, I'm a big fan of that. But when you have Michael Jordan, Phil Jackson, Larry, as a GM, it's tough. It would be tough for me to pull the plug and for me to decide because I, because I have the best player ever. I mean, who can you compare to MJ? Kobe Bryant, that was, what, 20... I don't know, 15 years later. So as a GM, I probably would hang on to them too long and sabotage myself because you can't replace them. I mean, you. I mean, the next player you draft cannot hold a candle to Michael Jordan. So, so to throw that away would, would be hard. And years later, you know, to see MJ not on the court because we know MJ on the court was a assassin. To see him out of that mode as a person, Jerry Krause, did you realize you made a mistake? So to see the after... Uh, them not not you know just how they reacted. It was nice to see if they another side of them and a different viewpoint than just what happened years ago. Yeah, you're right, Mike, and, and thanks for the phone call, Gordon. I think that that's the best part that we like the stuff we knew. Okay, it's nice to be remembered. You remember the highlights of the '63. You remember the other stuff from you know the first two episodes. But it's the behind the scenes stuff that you really that gave you some more thought process on, and it gave you insight on how Michael Jordan felt about what was going on mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, and that's what you want, right? I mean, you want like an, a deep dive. And, and and I would think that these first two episodes probably ge- gave you the least amount of that that you're going to get because the first episode was really kind of setting the scene, a, a much more of an introductory episode, as you would expect, right, in a 10-part mm-hmm. series. And that second episode really started to get into the nuts and bolts. So I, I would think you're going to get more of that as you kind of move along. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you got next on 98.7. Hey, what's going on, family? How you guys doing tonight? How we doing, buddy? Good, good. Listen, um, of course, I want to talk about the special. You know, I sat down with my scotch and my cigar, and I watched both of them back-to-back. You know, I watched it again because it was that interesting. Um, first, Reinsdorf, he came off as like a kind of guy, just personally to me, like, you know, all this stuff was going on around him. This person didn't get along with this person. This wasn't right, and the way this person treated him, and I didn't understand, like, what was his role in this you know, he had that money to pay and to, to stop some of that foolishness that was going on. And I just felt like, you know, he just was kind of like outside of it a little bit too much. Um, when, I, when I heard Jordan, um, and I love Jordan, and I heard him talk about how Pippen was being selfish when he left. You know, he didn't want to get the surgery. But I felt like that was like a little uh, a little off base a little bit because, you know, he could have been viewed as him being selfish to go play baseball and do what he wanted to do and then just came back when he wanted to come back. You know, um, the father speaking about Larry and Michael with the tools and, and how you tell Michael, you know, look, just get out of here, you're useless. You know, it sounded similar to the way Barry Sanders' dad used to used to deal mm-hmm. with him. 
And nowadays, that would have been called abuse. Uh, <laughs> you know, and I'm <laughs> yeah. looking at, you know, listening to Jordan's mom, and she referred to him throughout the whole thing as Mr. Jordan. You know, just yeah. thinking about how things are just so different these yep. days, you know? But basically, what I just got out of it was just a reminder of just, like, what total excellence looked like, you know? Um, a lot of times we, like, especially, like, some of the younger callers and, you know, got these back-and-forth arguments about who's the best and who's the greatest. And I think somebody over the weekend had spoke about this when they were asking Jordan about who's the goat in football, and they were talking about Tom Brady. And he said, when exactly did Montana not become the greatest? And when you see the old, the, you know, the, the 20 or 30 years ago sports, it reminds you, like, like you said, watching the young Jordan, as great as he was athletically, he became even better when he lost some of the athleticism. Mm-hmm. That, you know, he, he just was an unbelievable player. But I just, you know, I'm just looking at the sports, and I remember the total excellence. There was like three or four guys. Like, it was Jordan. It was Montana. You cannot tell me that Brady is better than Montana. I don't care what he's done. He's winning Super Bowls by three points. When Joe Montana was doing his thing, he was winning Super Bowls, except for that one against the Bengals. He was winning Super Bowls by double-digit leads. You know, he had more mobility. And it's just like there's this recency bias that we go through all of the time nowadays. Even when you had the last guy calling with you, and he was talking about LeBron and um, how he's um, close to Jordan. Listen, the rules of sports for for um, LeBron and for Brady is it's not the reason that Jordan and them were just better just because of the competition. Like you were talking about, the Eastern Conference was better. But listen, they made the rules better for you as an offensive player. Later in the '90s than the 2000s, you can't just take that out of the equation. And and when you saw Jordan and when you saw Montana, I mean, those were that was the top of the line in sports. You remember, you remember play by play. Brady's and has has had a longer career, but come on, Montana played four Super Bowls and didn't throw an interception. Uh, you know, I don't know for some reason. You know, you guys said it didn't remind you of LeBron. When I watched Jordan, for some reason, it kept reminding me of Montana and like how good he really was and some of those hits he was taking and some of those plays he was making inside of the pocket and outside of the pocket. You're never going to see guys like that again. Like like the guy Richard said, you know, these guys were icons, man. Yeah. You're never going to see guys like that again, man. Never. I, I don't really take the, the 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 GOAT argument to the NFL just because there's just so many positions, and I get what you're saying about the quarterback. Um, I, I, it just doesn't lend itself to that conversation to me as much as it would in the NBA where stars win. And, and the thing about with Montana was, like, even when Montana was winning Super Bowls, he wasn't winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. In a row, like Jordan, you know, Jordan won three in a row, left, came back, wins three more in a row. I mean, don't you think it was harder, though, to do that in football, especially back and back in those days? You don't look oh, at the no, I'm not saying that it wasn't, that but I'm just against. saying I'm just saying that it, it, it didn't feel as inevitable with the Niners when they were good as it did with the Bulls when they were good. When the Bulls were, uh, were when jo- when Jordan was on the top of his game, and once he won that first one, you knew he was going to go on a little run. And then they win three in a row, and he leaves. You think, all right, fine, you know. And then he comes back, and he wins three in a row again. I mean, that fourth quarter against the Cincinnati Bengals, when he told the guys, "Look over there, there's John Candy." <laughs> I mean, I, 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 listen, you got to go back and watch. I don't know if that's games. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's a great. That, 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 that guy a great was a story. great. That guy was a great. And I'm oh, not no, trying to look, take away from nobody's, nobody's taking anything away from him. Montana's greatness. No, Montana's greatness. We forget about it, man. 
We forget about it. No, that, I, that guy I, was trust me, special. Trust me, somebody too. who had a team who lost to him in the Super Bowl and wasn't <laughs> even close. It was not a fourth quarter. Uh, I do not take anything for granted. Now, Montana is, you know, the problem with Brady is he's been to nine of them. I mean, it's kind of hard to debate. I mean, they, what, what have they played, 53 Super Bowls? He's been to nine of them. Yeah. Two of them that he won, though, were mistakes by the other team. But it doesn't matter. He won, he's been to nine and he's won six. Uh, I mean, the competition now, is it the same competition? Is it the same rules? Can you do the I same mean, thing? Look at some of the teams that the, the, the Niners faced off against in the Super Bowl. And, that that, that Broncos the teams team, it was, over, before, it was the, over after they sang the National Anthem. To, you were able to mug the receivers. Joe Montana oh, look, took it was some a of the most game. hellacious It was a different game thing. now in every sport. No, you look, get I mean, close to Brady, he looks at the referee like, are you going to call this penalty or what? Come on. <laughs> well, that's the star power, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I get it. Look, I'm not, I'm not talking down Joe Montana. I'm not, I'm not telling Please you don't. That, that Joe Montana wasn't, isn't in the conversation. And if I had one pick for a quarterback, I might go Montana. But, you know, it would be, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say Brady has a pretty strong resume himself. He's been to nine Super Bowls. Yeah, I think it's easier to get the Super Bowl now than it was back then, though. <laughs> I really do. I think it There's is. More teams. I think it is. I think I it you, is. Buddha. All right, my friend. All right, man. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the call. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. See, once again, it's what you determine that makes your guy great. That's what makes it so much fun. Yes, Buddha is correct. The the rule changes then. It was unbelievable what you could do to even to the quarterback at that point. Oh my but God. now, you know, so that's why you, you, you have to take everything into consideration when you make your, when you make your picks. You really do. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 